Hey guys, this is Pastor Neil. I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today on this podcast. Hey, would you do us a huge favor today? Would you subscribe, like, or leave us a review wherever you get this content? It really helps us reach other people with the gospel. Also, we would love, love to see you at our campus uh, on a Sunday morning. We meet at 1010 South Bowie Drive in Weatherford, Texas. You can check out our service times and more information about the church on our on our website, waterhousechurch.com. Check us out on Facebook or any other social media sites that you may have. We would love to see you. I pray that today you are renewed, restored, refreshed, and that your spirit comes alive. Now here is today's message. Today we get to celebrate our graduating seniors. <laughs> And so I'm going to um, announce our seniors, and they're going to come on up to the stage. Um, I think most of them are here. One was able to come to the first service. There we go. Um, and not this one, so and that we'll still have a picture up for them. But uh, we have Shane Allen. Shane Allen. Shane. Come on up. And so if y'all didn't notice, there's a table in the back, and there they each have a Bible back there, and you can underline your favorite scripture or highlight your favorite scripture and put your name next to it so they kind of know who's encouraging them in their Bibles, and they'll hopefully be able to open those up and be able to read the uh, scriptures that y'all highlighted. Um, then we have Carter Barrett. <laughs> we got Presley Shields. And then uh, Jacob Soap Baker as well. He was he was here last last service, so he was here. We celebrated him. Um, okay, and so Shane is graduating from homeschool and plans on taking IT classes as well as pursuing youth ministry. And Carter is graduating from Weatherford High School and plans on going into the Navy after he graduates. And Presley is graduating from Millsap High School and plans on attending Ogle School to attain her esthetician license with plans on one day opening her own salon. Yeah, there you go. And Jacob is graduating from Weatherford High School and has been accepted to California State University in Fresno. And like I mentioned last service, Shane will be speaking on this Wednesday. So we're going to have a celebration for our seniors. And Shane's going to be giving a message uh, that this Wednesday. And so if y'all want to come out, we'll have cake and refreshments. And we'd love for y'all to be able to help celebrate us, celebrate these seniors with us. And so we're going to pray for them. And what time is that? Seven? Oh, that's at 7. Okay. Yeah. Very good. All right, let's pray. Let's pray for these students. Father God, I thank you for these students. Lord, let's pray your blessing on them. God, as they step into the world, God, I pray that you would just put your hands of protection on them. God, that as they go to colleges and they go to the army, God, as, as they go out and, and explore the world, God, I pray that you'd send godly people to keep influence in their life. Lord, I pray that they would be centered on their faith. God, that we, we did as a church, we did as parents, try to raise them as well as we could. And God, it's all in your hands now. And, Father, we release them to you because you are the author and the finisher of our faith. And, God, you have a plan and a purpose for every one of these kids. You see them. You love them. 
And God, I pray that you would just make your um, purposes known in them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Right, go Very good. All right. So please write something in their Bibles back there, your, five, your favorite verse, maybe some wisdom, because um, they need it, right? This world, man, it's, I couldn't imagine being a kid um, today. It's just, it's, it's just a whole new world. Um, thank you for being here today. If it's your first time at Waterhouse Church, welcome. Welcome to church. We're glad you're here. Um, if you haven't had an opportunity to connect with us, we would love to do that. Um, on, in front of you, and there's a chair. There should be like a little QR code. If you just scan that, it's going to give you some ways to connect with us. Uh, we want, we'd love you to fill out that connection card. And if you do that, we're going to send you a gift in the mail just for saying thank you for being here today. And just we want to pray with you. We want to answer any questions you have. And also, there's lots of other ways to connect on there as well. So please stay attuned to that. And uh, that's enough of the announcements today. Let's get into the Word. Amen. There you go. That's some excitement for the Word of God. I love it. Okay. You know, we sing those songs about the power of God. We sing those words, those songs about the same power that conquered the grave lives in me. But I think we fail to really understand that. We fail to grasp it. We, we as believers are not quite certain what that power is. And our prayer for you is just simply this prayer that Paul prays for the Ephesian church. Let me just turn this down a little bit because I might get a little loud for your own benefit. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 1, Paul is writing to the Ephesian church, hoping that they understand the power that they have for them. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19 through 23. That's going to be the main text for today. And then we're going to read that, uh, that passage as you stand. We'll read the word of God today because it's important. We stand for things that are important. Weddings, right? We stand when the bride comes in. Well, one day when Jesus comes in, we're going to be standing. That's right, because we're the bride. He's going to be standing for us afterwards. So. All right, 119 through 23. Here we go. Is this the right one? No, that's you go. Wrong chapter. Here we go. All right. I pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else. Not only in this world, but also the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. Father, I pray today that we understand the strength and the power and the authority that we have through your name, Jesus. Lord, that we realize that the Spirit has placed within us a power to conquer the enemy, a power to overcome sin, a power to stand strong in a world that's gone crazy. God, I pray that you would give us the strength and the authority to walk in it. God, I pray for those that are weak today, that they would be strengthened. For those who are unsure, God, that they would leave here in belief. God, I thank you, God, for those people in here today, God that need a touch from you, that you're going to touch them powerfully. In Jesus' name, amen. And all the church said, amen, sit down. We'll get there. So the, the prayer here that Paul says is, do you understand? Do you understand? Believer, do you understand? I think a lot of us do not understand. 
A lot of us do not understand the power, the incredible greatness of God's power for you. This power that God has given every believer, yet we walk around, what, defeated all the time. I see so many believers, they're, they're walking with their heads down. They're walking like nothing's going to change. They keep bumping into these things in their life that they just can't quite get past. It's like, here we go around this mountain again. Here we are in the desert again. I thought I figured this out. I thought I was past this, but here I am again, stuck in the same rut in the same place. We, we live defeated when the enemy attacks us. I hear many believers say this. I've been guilty at points. Man, the enemy's really having his way with us. He's really, he's attacking my family. He's just, you know, everywhere I go, the enemy's there. He's attacking, he's attacking, he's taking, he's like taking ground. And, and, and it sounds like you can't do anything about it. And then we say, well, the world's gone crazy and there's nothing we can do about it. We just, we're just helpless and hopeless. And, you know, when Jesus comes back and then it'll all be good. But Jesus gave us power and he gave us authority. We don't have to live that way. We don't have to live in defeat. We don't have to live and let the enemy have his way with us. We don't have to sit around and watch the world burn. God has given believers the task of filling the world with his presence. He's given us a power and an authority that we fail to walk in so often because we don't understand that power. We don't really understand the power that he has. We think that everything else has the power, but wait a minute, whose power is greater? Jesus is. Most believers walk around with less power than they have. When we had to move my daughter from college, we rented a U-Haul. If you've ever driven a U-Haul, you know the joys of that. We rented this U-Haul van, and on the way to Stephenville, we drive that road, and, you know, it's up and down, and everybody drives 90 miles an hour when the speed limit's 70, right? If you've ever driven that road, driven that road. And here we are in this U-Haul, and I've got this thing floored, like pedal to the metal, right? And I'm going 70 miles an hour. And I'm like, come on. <laughs> you got more in you. I know you got more in you, but it's not moving. And I'm thinking, well, maybe it's just like a really weak motor. It's got a four-cylinder in it or something. I don't know. But I'm, I'm trying to get it past 70, and I can't get it past 70. I'm like, a hill, finally. Finally a hill, so I'm going to get past 70 so I can pass this person in front of me. And I hit the hill, and it slows down to 70. And I'm like, what is going on? And then the hill comes up. Oh, here we go. We're going to go to 60. And it stays at 70. Like it, the engine roars up, but it stays at 70. The funny thing about this U-Haul is when you went downhill, the AC kicked on. And that, yes, that was just hilarious. We were laughing because, like, oh, the air is coming. And, and we realized we don't have any more power because there's a governor on this thing. Right, we can't we can't get any more power. We can't get any more we can't get any more power pushing to the motor to help us to go farther. There's this governor that's keeping us regulated at 70 miles an hour. And for us believers, I think many of us have a regulator on our lives. We can't get past these things. God has put so much power in us, but yet we don't walk fully into it. We got the pedal to the metal, but we're not moving anywhere because there's this governor that we need to remove. And I pray that today after this message that the governor gets removed off of your life, that you're walking the full power that he has available to you and the authority that he has available to you, but you don't realize that power and authority because you just don't understand. You don't believe. The passage says, I pray you'll understand the incredible greatness of power for us who believe him. See, it's in our belief and it's also in our understanding that we walk 
and power and authority. So I hope, and op- I, hope, I hope to open this passage up to you a little more. I love the way that Eugene Peterson puts it in the message translation. Um, he puts it this way in Ephesians. He goes, oh, the utter extravagance of his work and, who's, and, and us who trust him. Endless energy. You need endless energy? Like a five-year-old? Boundless strength. All this energy issues from Christ. God raised him from the death and set him on a throne in deep heaven in charge of running the universe, everything from galaxies to governments. No name and no power exempt from his rule. And not just for the time being, but forever. He's in charge of it all. And he has the final word on everything. At the center of all this, Christ rules the church. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world, but the world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts and by which he fills everything with his presence. Maybe today you just don't know where the power comes from. Maybe you don't know that there is a power available to you. Maybe today you don't understand the authority that you have as a believer. If you're a believer today, you have power and you have authority. Not only that, you have all power and all authority given to you by Christ Jesus because he is above all things. And so maybe you just don't know. So I want to talk to you about power and authority and where it comes from. The passage says that the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. That same power, that same resurrection power that raised Christ lives in us. And if that same power lives in us, then guess what? We can raise the dead. We can do the miracles. We can do all these things that that happened when Christ was on this earth and when the apostles on this earth and it still happens today, but yet we don't see it. Because this life, same life-giving spirit of power is in you. Do you know that today? Do you believe that today? And so where does it come from? Glad you asked. Where does this power come from? Acts chapter 1-8. We're going to dive into this passage. Next week is what we call Pentecost Sunday. It was the birth of the church. And at the birth of the church, you see this thing happen to these people. Like they knew Jesus. Jesus had given them a mandate, but he says, go wait for the Holy Spirit. Wait until you're endued with power before you do this mandate. And so they're all in this upper room. They're waiting for this thing. They don't know what's going to happen, but they're praying. And then in Acts 1-8, Jesus gives them this right here. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Well, we know at the beginning of the church, this happens. Like the Spirit comes into the room. They're filled with the Spirit. They walk outside. They're speaking in other languages. They're speaking in tongues. They're prophesying. And the people are looking at these crazy people. And they're saying, these people are drunk. And, and Paul get, and Peter gets up and he says, it's early in the morning. It's, we haven't, we're not drunk. This is the Spirit of God in these people. Like God is doing a new thing. He's doing a new work. And this, this power that people witnessed and saw allowed him to, to preach the gospel. And the church was born. Thousands of people gave their life to Jesus that day because of the power of the Holy Spirit. The same power lives in us. This Holy Spirit that God promised to us through Jesus lives in us. So what is the Holy Spirit? It's the Spirit of God. The word spirit actually in the, is Greek is, is, is called like the pneuma, like the breath of God. Like you get pneumonia, right? You're out of breath. 
The Spirit is like the pneuma, the breath of God. Like, uh, have you ever been sailing and you see the, the sails open up and like the wind hit them and the boat gets propelled? This is the Spirit in us. He comes in and he fills us. He breathes into us and we have the power to move forward. This is the Holy Spirit's job in our life. And then that's the spirit. So what's the power? This word power is actually dunamis in the Greek, which actually we get our word dynamite from. So there's this explosive power that comes to the believer through the Holy Spirit. He gives us that explosive power for many things. And I'm going to talk about those in a minute. Here's what happens when you believe in him and you give your life to Jesus, the spirit comes in you, but then he also comes upon you. See, when we give our life to Christ, the spirit's in us. It testifies to us that we are his. We are adopted in his son. We see this in scripture that when you, when you give your life, it's deposited into us as a deposit for the things to come. But not only that, the spirit also comes upon us. The passage here says upon you. I've checked every translation. They all say the same thing. It comes upon you, not in you, but upon you. There's something that happens when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. There's a power that is enabled into your life. It's one thing to be in something to be in you. It's, I mean, just, it's one thing for something to be in you. It's another thing for you to be in it. Right? It's one thing for me to have water in my, like to drink water. It's another thing to be in the ocean. And so the spirit is in us, but it's also upon us. And the spirit energizes us to do all that God's called us to do. We call it the baptism in the Holy Spirit, not of the Holy Spirit, in the Holy Spirit, because Jesus is the one that does the baptism. He's the one that said, I'm leaving, right? I'm leaving and I'm going away. But it's for your benefit that I leave because I'm sending someone else to you. I'm sending the Holy Spirit to you, and he's going to be with you and in you. He's going to empower you. He's going to help you. So Jesus gives us the Spirit. Jesus gives us the power. So it's from him, and it's for him. So the Holy Spirit gives you power, and Jesus gives you the Spirit. You got that? That's a whole other message, a whole other series, but I'm not going to, I'll just get that tightened up, all right? And the funny thing is I've always read this passage wrong, 1-8. I've always read it in a different light. And I, when I was reading and studying for this message, I'm like, oh, my goodness, it's so obvious. Why didn't I catch this before? Because I've always read it this way. If you can pull that passage back up, 1-8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be a witness so that you may witness. So it will enable you to witness more, to be a better witness, to be a better evangelist. That's what I've always read it as. And this is true. I mean, this is when the Spirit comes in you and you're empowered by the Spirit, you're naturally going to be an evangelist. You're going to speak the words of God. You're going to speak with power. But that's not what it says. It says this. Oh, took it away. <laughs> but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And, and there's actually a little in the sentence. And you will be my witnesses. So, so what do we get from this? It's, it's, it's not that this power makes us witnesses. The power is the witness. The power of God is the witness. And you're like, what, what, what? I don't, know, I don't know about this. Listen, when the first church moved out 
right? When they moved out and they started going places, what did they do? They did signs, wonders, and miracles, right? People were getting saved. People were getting set free. They were healing people. They were raising the dead. They were moving in power. And the power in that moment was a witness to Christ's resurrection. The power was the witness. The power was the thing that drew people's attention. And they said, where is this coming from? Where is this power coming? How are you raising the dead? How is this person standing that was lame? How is this person seeing that was blind? How are you doing these things? And then from that, they witnessed. They witnessed the power, and then they told them what they witnessed, the risen Christ. So the power is the witness in our life. The power is the witness. The power, the witness is the power through the gifts and the fruit of, of the Holy Spirit. You know, when we activate and we manifest, right, the spirit, the, 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 the gifts of the spirit, when we're prophesying and, and we're speaking in tongues and when we're giving knowledge and all of these things, these, these gifts of the Spirit are being manifest, what happens? People see that. And they wonder, where is this coming from? What is this about? And it becomes a witness for them to see the power of God. And then you go, oh, let me tell you, this is from God. This is the Holy Spirit moving in my life. This is the power that God has for all believers if they just, Accept it. I think of Paul when he walked out to spread the gospel. He writes to the Corinthian church and he says this in 1 Corinthians 2. I forgot to give it to them. But if you have your Bibles, you can turn to 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5. And he says, And brethren, when I came to you, did not, I did not come with excellence of speech or wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. Do you feel weak today? Are you fearful? Are you trembling? Well, God can use you. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of wisdom, human wisdom, but with a de demonstration of the spirit and of power. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of of God. See, Paul went out and he spread the gospel. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He cast out demons. Paul moved in power, and that power was a witness that allowed him to share the gospel with people. Are you getting this? We need the power of God in our life. If we don't walk in the power, then the enemy has his way. It's the same power that raised Christ. From the dead. And it's that same power that raised Christ that's demonstrated through Paul's evangelistic crusade. See, the power is a visible gift, is a visible proof of God's power. It's the same power that raised Christ from the dead, the same Holy Spirit given to us by Jesus. So we see the power manifest through the gifts of the Spirit. We also see the power manifest through the fruit of the Spirit. See, in the believer's life, there's something called the fruit of the Spirit. You know it if you're in kids' church, right? It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. 
those things we lack so often. But the Spirit's job, he empowers us to have that fruit more in our life. The fruit of the Spirit is those things that manifest. I know that word might freak you out. Manifest when, when things are not great. People see it in your life. If you're going through a struggle and a hard time and you're approaching it differently than everybody else does, they see it. If you're, if you're sick and you're on your deathbed, yet you have all this joy in your life, they're like, where does this joy come from? If your life is in, like, just not working out, like you lost your job, your car broke down, your dog died, and yet you're still full of joy, you're still full of goodness, you're still gentle with people, you still have self-control, they're going to notice. So believer, to ask you a question today, is your fruit showing? What fruit is showing? Because we're all showing a fruit. Is it the fruit of the Spirit? Or is it the fruit of ourselves? See, the Spirit gives us that power to manifest the fruit in our life. I don't think we understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe. Because that power also reveals his authority in our life, the authority of Jesus. And people see the authority of Christ through the power of Christ in you. When you're operating the gifts of the Spirit, when the fruit of the Spirit is obvious in your life, then they will see that and it reveals the authority of Christ in your life. But I don't think we understand the authority we have in him. Well, what's authority? I looked up this trans the I looked up the definition of authority and I liked it. It's good. The authority. What is authority? It's the power to enforce obedience. Power to enforce obedience. Obedience. Hmm. If Christ has given believers authority, then what authority do we have to enforce obedience? To what? To what? What do we enforce obedience to? Well, number one is the enemy and his minions. We have the power over the enemy and the demonic powers. We have authority. We can take authority over those things. He is far above every ruler, every authority, every power, every leader, and anything else. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. It's his authority that we exercise, not ours. It's his authority. But I think we get this wrong. We don't understand our power and we don't understand our authority. Some people operate in power and no authority and some people operate in authority and no power. Think about this. You go to the mall and you see the mall cop, Paul Blart, on his Segway. All he's got is a radio, right? He has some authority. Right? He's there. The mall hired him to be there to keep the peace. He has some authority, but he has no power. Right? Nobody looks at that guy and says, I'm not going to commit any crimes. They look at Paul Blart and they're like, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to beat him up, take him out, and then do something. Because we know he has no power. And then on the other hand, you have vigilantes. Right? They have all the power, but they have no authority. And so they go in and they try to fix something and they take somebody out, a bad person out, but now they did it without authority and they're in trouble. 
So there's exercising power, they're exercising authority. But when it comes to a police officer, they have what? Power and authority. I don't care if that police officer that pulls you over is 95 years old, 65-pound old woman. If she's got a badge on and a gun, you're going to listen to her. And you're going to say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Because she has the authority given to her by the state or by her city to enforce the laws. And she has power, right, to enforce it, whether through taser or bullets. But she can take you down, and she has the authority and power to do it. And I think as believers, we don't understand that. Like, it's not about us. I mean, it's not about what we have or what we don't have. It's about the authority and power we have through Christ Jesus. He has deputized his people to, to walk in power and to walk in authority. We have the power, right? Because Jesus has the power and we have the authority over all these things. And so we don't have to live in bondage. We don't have to live the same life that we had before. We have authority to enforce obedience. What do we enforce? Well, we enforce the enemy to obey Christ. The enemy has to listen to the name of Jesus because he is above all. When the enemy comes prowling in and trying to cause you problems and you're like, oh, the enemy's beating me up, the enemy's taking me out, you have authority over the enemy. Demons are real. I know you don't, oh, demons, I don't know. Well, listen, why don't we go here? What, what church am I in again? Where am I at? I didn't see that in other bills. Demons are real. But so is Jesus. Right? His authority overrules those things. But yet we're so scared of the demonic. We're so scared of the enemy that we avoid him. We're not supposed to avoid. We're supposed to confront. We're supposed to cast out. Remember, we were having a prayer meeting here, just a normal prayer meeting. This guy, these two guys roll up in a pickup. They're selling meat, frozen meat. And the guy pulls out, and the, the, one, the driver's trying to sell us stuff. And the other guy's talking to us and noticed we were praying. And we're like, hey, man, you need some prayer for stuff. He's like, man, I need some prayer. This guy's driving me crazy. I've been riding with him for, for all, all week, and he's just been harassing me. He's been hassling me. He's like, I just can't get away from him. I need to get away from him. I can't deal with it anymore. And I'm like, whoa. So we, we take him back, and we pray for him. And while we're praying for him, his buddy comes in, the guy that was doing all the harassing. He comes in. And, of course, he's trying to sell us stuff, but he's like, hey, what are y'all doing? He's like, oh, we're praying for your partner here. And he's like, no, 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 no. He's like, we got to go. Come on, dude, we got to go. We got to get out of here right now. And we're like, but he's like, I'm not going. I'm getting prayer. I got to do it. Like, this guy was desperate. And, and then so we, me and the, the kids pastor go to this guy, and we're talking to him. We're like, hey, this is the guy that was telling him you need to go. I was like, hey, man, can we pray for you? He's like, no, 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 I don't need prayer. And he's like, and then he's, and we were just sitting there talking to every conversation with him. And he looks around and he's like, I've been here before. And I'm like, you've been here before? Like, he's like, no, I've been here before. I'm just dead serious. And at that point, I realize, okay, I'm not dealing with this person. I'm dealing with something in that person. And my kid's pastor had the sense to see it faster than I did. And so, like, it kind of escalated quickly after that. His friend's like, no, we got to go. We got to go. We got to go. 
And he just tells the guys, like, get out of here right now. Get out of here in the name of Jesus. Get out of here. The guy gets in his truck, and he sits in his truck, and you just sit there. That's what it's like. You just sit there. So we finished praying for that guy, and then he eventually had to get in the guy's car, but we prayed for him. You see, we don't understand the authority that we have in Christ. We don't have to be afraid of that. The enemy is like a little dog. Get out of here. We don't have to be afraid. We have the authority and the power. We just don't realize the authority that we have in Christ Jesus over his minions, over the enemy. Take authority. It's not your authority, it's his. We also have authority over sin. Do you know you don't have to keep doing the same thing over and over? Some of you feel stuck in your addictions, feel stuck in this thing, and you're like, I can't get past this sin. I keep falling in. Well, he's giving you power over that. When Jesus died, he had, what did he die for, right? He took the power back from sin, right? He died to sin. And when you become a believer, you die to sin. You don't have to sin. I mean, this may be news to you, but you don't have to. You have the choice. You have the power to not sin. You don't have to fall back into that. You can take authority over that. You, you make it obedient to Christ. As a passage, it says, take every thought captive and make it obedient to, the, to Christ. So when that sin comes in or when that temptation comes in or those things that try to take you down come in, you grab it and you make it obedient to the word of Christ. Say, I don't need you. <laughs> I'm made for more than this. Like, this doesn't fulfill me. This doesn't give me pleasure. This does not do anything for me. Christ Jesus is what I need. This taking those things obedient, making them obedient to the words of Christ. It's authority over sin. We also have authority to bring his kingdom here on this earth. What are we? He says, it fills all things with himself. Christ fills the church and the church fills the world with the glory of God. That's where we go. That's what we do. We walk in power, walk in authority, and things happen. Believer, just don't think that your presence doesn't make a difference. If you're in your, your job and you're the only believer, you're making a difference. If you're in your school and you feel like you're the only person that loves Jesus, you're making a difference because the presence of God is in you. The Spirit is in you. It's making a difference. Because that same power that raised him and sat him in the heavenlies rose us with him, and we are seated with him in the heavenlies. That's scripture. And nothing overrules Jesus. Nothing overrules Christ Jesus. Do you believe that? Yes. If Jesus said it, then you can take it to the bank. Yes. Nothing overrules him. It's his power and his authority. He is above all things. So what are you worried about? Why are you afraid? Why do you walk around weak? Why do you walk around with no authority in your life? Believer, I want to shake you and wake you up. You have authority. You have power. Walk in it. Walk in it. If I can get the, the prayer team and the worship team to come up, I want to close this way this morning. I was speaking. Hopefully it made sense. You may be saying, okay, Neil, that sounds great, like, but where's my power? I've been a believer for years. I've been a believer for 20 years, and just I see, it just seems like everything, 
in my life has no power. Like I'm constantly being defeated. Like things are constantly coming at me. I can't get past this sin. My marriage is in shambles. My relationships are bad. Like I don't have any power. Where's the power at? Where's my authority at? Okay, this sounds great, but where is it at? I want to tell you where it's at. It's in believing. You got to really believe and understand the authority that you have and the, and the power that you have. But sometimes it takes us getting to a really, really, really low point. It takes us emptying ourselves for God to fill us. Because a lot of times we're trying to do this thing on our own. We're trying to live out this Christian life. We're trying to live out our faith with no power and no authority except for our own power and own authority. And that's not going to get you very far. You got to empty yourself for God to fill you. I want to share a story with you about the day I quit ministry. And I'm still quit ministry. I was a youth pastor at the time. I've been a youth pastor for a couple years and just going through the motions, trying to, trying to do it. I, I love the kids. I love the word of God. And I just felt called to ministry, to youth ministry. But it just didn't seem like anything was making a difference. I'd preach, we'd have great services, but the kids, like, they just stayed the same. Like, God, am I even making a difference? As one, as one Wednesday, I had preached the gospel, and I thought I did really good. And I was sitting down here like this. Many of you have heard this story. And I had all the kids right there. I'm like, we're going to pray for salvation. And I, I bowed my head to pray for these students, start praying over every student. About midway, I felt this thing hit me right in the head. I just ignored it. I'm like, all right, it's kill these kids, you know. I ignored it. I kept praying for them. And I looked, there was a box of tissues that hit me. And it come from one of the kids. Thought it'd be funny. So, you know, at the end, I had to release the kids. I hugged them, you know, told them I love them. And then I called my wife that night and I was like, honey, I'm going to be late. I just need to stay and pray. It's been a rough day. So I locked up. I turned the sound system on and I just started praying. I sat down and I said, Lord, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. It's not making a difference. These kids don't respect me. They don't love me. It's not making, it's not doing anything. So I got up and I just started praying because I felt like God called me to this, right? So I'm like, God, if you call me to this, then why is this so hard? <laughs> if you call me to this, then why is this so difficult? And so I just started pacing and like I normally do and praying. And then I started praying in the spirit, started praying in tongues, like normal. But then eventually that prayer got a little more power in it. <laughs> that prayer got a little more authority in it. The prayer language changed. And when it did, like, there was something that rose up in me that wasn't there before. There was, there was a power and authority that just came in that moment. And then it went from, oh, woe is me, God, I'm done. I can't do this anymore to thank you, God, that you called me. Thank you, God, that you placed this in me. Thank you, God, that you can do miracles. There was something that rose up in me that said, God, thank you for the opportunity to love these kids that throw tissue boxes at me. There was something that rose up in me that said, you can do this because it's not your strength and your power. It's like God said, finally, you got out of the way. 
And so what happened is I dropped my own power and my own authority and I picked up his. And at that moment, I gave up ministry. I stopped trying to be a minister and I started being a son. I started just being a believer. And out of that flows ministry. And so I don't know where you're at today. Maybe you can relate. Maybe you just feel like, man, you're going through the motions, like nothing's happening, nothing's changing. And like, man, I just need some power. <laughs> I just need a little power. All power would be great, but I just need a little power. I just need a little authority. So where do you get it? How do I get the power? Ask for it. That's it. That's all I did. My God, I need more than this because it ain't working. Jesus said this. He said, fathers, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more would the heavenly father know how to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? It's a good gift. It's a good gift. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's a good gift. He wants to give it to you. You just got to ask. Well, okay. How do I get the authority? If you're a believer, here's the greatest thing. You already have it. When you got the badge, you're just not showing it. <laughs> it's like, this is, I have the badge. I have the authority. You just got to wield it. But it's hard to wield this if you don't have the power. You got to have the power and the authority working together to change things. So would you bow your heads with me? stand as well. <sighs> Father, I just pray that we would walk in your authority, that we'd walk in your power. Lord, there's people in here that are weak, that are tired. They don't know where to turn. God, they came in here today and they were about to give up on life. Maybe they had a thought of suicide when they walked in here, God. But you're telling them now, live. There is a reason to live. I've called you. I see you. I love you. There is a reason to live. Lord, there's people in here that their marriage is falling and crumbling apart. But God, the same power that rose Christ from the dead can raise this marriage back from death into life. Lord, there's people in here that they don't even know if you're even real, Jesus. And they've been asking this question for years. Are you really real, Jesus? I pray that you would show them your reality of who you are today, God, that the power would go forth and show them who you are today, God. Let it be a witness to them. Father, I don't know where these people are, where they're at, God, and with you, but you do. And I just pray that you would just touch their lives right now in the name of Jesus, that you would baptize them, that you would fill them, that you would empower them, that you would embolden them, and that you would give them the authority to go out and make a difference. Give them the, the, the authority to say no to that sin. Give them the authority to say yes to you, Jesus. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to let them lead us in a song. I'm going to let Jesus be Jesus. Like the first service, we didn't get out of here until late. The altars were full. Like people were still up here praying. We're still worshiping. We're in no hurry. Let Jesus do what Jesus does. So today, if you need to be filled with the Spirit, I want you to come. If you need to understand your authority, come. Maybe you haven't been walking in that. These people will help lead you in that. Take authority over things.
Maybe you need to give your life to Jesus today. You've never given your life to Christ. And today you're saying, I want to give my life to Jesus because I have no power. My life is in shambles. And I don't know where to turn. I want to give up. But Jesus is waiting to give you new life, a better life. Come up and get prayer. If you need prayer for anything, please come get it. So they're going to lead us in a song. They're going to pray with you. So, Father, I pray that you draw everyone up by your spirit. Holy Spirit, draw everyone up that needs prayer, everyone that needs to be baptized in the spirit, everyone that needs authority in their life, everyone that needs healing, Lord, everyone that needs life today. Draw them up and meet with them powerfully in this place. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.